What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the For the Berg podcast. This is our 20th episode anniversary of the show, and it's a good one. Today I have Jarrett Reddick, the lead singer of Bowling for Soup. And just like we always do, Jarrett and I break down every single Bowling for Soup album, and he gives us his personal favorite song off of each record. He also tells us Bowling for Soup's plans on recording their new album, we talk about how WWE superstar Alexa Bliss is apparently a huge, die-hard Bowling Pursuit fan and was actually at Jared's house to shoot their music video for their single, Alexa Bliss. We talk about him being a huge, die-hard Steelers fan and how he makes it out to Pittsburgh at least once a year for a game and a bunch of other cool stuff in this one, guys. Enjoy. Nope. <laughs> Mr. Pop. <laughs> All right, guys, today I have Jarrett Reddick from Bowling for Soup. What's going on, man? Thanks for joining the show. We finally were able to get it uh, <laughs> at, at a time we, we could both make it work for uh, each of us. <laughs> the buildup has been immense. It's like, uh, you know, I feel like I was getting catfished or something, right. but no, it's good. I'm glad that we uh, were making it work. Awesome. I appreciate it. Um, so we'd usually just start these with uh, maybe just getting into some of your earlier musical influences when you decided you wanted to play music for a living or, or when you actually knew that was a possibility. Yeah, I, uh, man, a, a kid named Greg Norman brought a, a Walkman to school one day. It was, we had free time after we finished our math test, and uh, I heard Crazy Train for the first time by Ozzy. And uh, up until that point, I'd been terrified of anything Ozzy Osbourne or anything of the sorts, and pretty much listened to Michael Jackson and John Mellencamp and Lionel Richie and then whatever my parents listened to, and um my life was forever changed, uh, just him screaming all aboard and then that riff and just the laugh and all of that. I, I was just completely consumed by it, and uh, that started it, man. And then that same kid's brother had a drum set in his room, and I remember seeing it, just thinking, man, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And so I uh, asked for a drum set for Christmas, and uh, despite the bounce back from that, I got it, and um Started playing music, you know, um, and, you know, I, I had dreams of, you know, being Tommy Lee when I was a kid. But, you know, I actually sort of woke up one day and was like, yeah, man, I'm going to go to school and all that. So so actually the 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 I, the the you know, the decision to actually give it a shot to do it for a living happened much, much later. Awesome. Um, so uh, with a lot of the guys, when it makes sense to do like a quick little album run through of each each record, maybe just the recording process of each and maybe just what was going on during that time. And then a personal favorite song off of each album, if that's cool. Sure. Awesome. So we start at the beginning here with the uh, self-titled. Self-titled. Um, you know, we had only been a band three months, but uh, Chris and Eric's band uh, and mine and Lance's band. Um, had both disbanded. So our original drummer, Lance Morell, and uh, original bass player, Eric Chandler. Um, and so that's the four um, that would start the band. And um, we uh, we pretty much just took a few songs from each of, of those two bands, made them sound more like mine and Lance's band, and then we wrote a few things. And so again, three months in, we were still recording to ADAT, um, pretty much like one or two takes of everything. 
you know, no computer, nothing, no, uh, not really a lot of overdubs, things like that. Um, so, you know, it's a fun one to go back and listen to because the vocals are pretty out of tune and we sound really young, but to be honest, it's, it's like I, you know, three months into being in a band and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm still, I'm still pretty proud of it. I mean, the rain, the, the songwriting is a mess, you know, the arrangements are, are super long and, and, uh, but, you know, we started to, we started to figure that out as we went. Yeah. Uh, so personal favorite song off of that album? Uh, personal favorite song on that one is probably um, uh, either Sandwich or uh, Hit would be either of those. Uh, Sandwich was one that we wrote, uh, you know, as we were starting Bowling Pursuit. Hit was actually one from the previous band before that and uh, called it that because I actually thought it was one. It wasn't, but <laughs> um, yeah, could have yeah. been. Uh, next one here, Rock on Honorable Ones. Rock on Honorable Ones. We recorded that with the same two people. Um, there's these two dudes that were in a band, uh, another band in Wichita Falls, um, Ashley and James. We essentially recorded this one. Um, oh, no, Rock on Honorable Ones. Sorry, we skipped Cellmates. So we had a, a split EP called Cellmates in between there. Rock on Honorable Ones then. Um, so that's the one that we did at home. Rock on Honorable Ones, we actually, that was the first time we went into like a real studio as a band. Uh, we came down to Denton, where we where we would eventually move just months after this, and um, essentially we would record when we had enough money to work on it. But you know, um, it was you know it was expensive, and so it took us a while to get it done because we're literally having to go work our our jobs for a couple of weeks, come back and record some more. Um, that one, you know, is a few years after, and we had pretty much started to learn what the band was going to be um up until this point me and eric both sang lead lead um because my I, I really wanted to be the punk rock beatles um so here we had divided it up by then that, that i was going to be the singer and that we were going more towards my writing and my songs um and so uh this is pretty much the point where i took over singing and writing all of the stuff and uh, so, so Eric still has a few songs on this album, but this would be the the last one where he was actually writing for Bowling for Soup, and um, definitely not not do, singing. And then the other interesting thing about this one is um, the, but I mean he would he, he was important because the back vocals were so important. The backing vocals of us and the way that we sounded, um, you know, together was a huge part of Bowling for Soup and our sound, and and still is really. I mean, even with Rob now doing Eric's parts and doing Rob's parts on the new stuff. Um, but interesting thing about it is um, the band, bands like Goldfinger, Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish were all on our radar at the time. And uh, we, we were living then in Denton where all of our friends went to North Texas, which is a huge jazz school, and they all played instruments. And so, you know, we thought it'd be cool to have horns on a few songs. So, um, that comes out of left field for, I think, some people when they listen to Rocket on Ones. They're like, why do you guys – there's horns on here. What is happening? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just because that's what was going on with the time. you know. And so they would actually come up and perform with us sometimes, whether it was in Dallas or Denton. Um, but, you know, that's uh, – again, that was just what was going on then. Yeah, awesome. Uh, favorite song from that one? Gosh, favorite song. Yeah. Um, Man, there's a lot of songs. That album has uh, like 17 songs or something like that. Um. I guess I would say Captain Hook, probably my favorite song on that. Awesome. Next here, let's do it for Johnny. 
Great. And then in between there, we had a uh, another EP called Tell I, Me When I, I, I skip EPs just because, <laughs> okay. you, I mean, when you, there's 11 albums to do here, then adding <laughs> all the EPs, I don't want to take up your whole day. But we can, I get it. Yeah, because I was wondering people. how you were going to get like 22, 23 that, albums. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I just do the, the studio released albums. But that's yeah, totally, I, you want to talk EPs. No, I'm no, totally no. I, I was really just doing it for chronological uh, yeah, yeah. in my head. Uh, let's do it for Johnny. You know, we had um, now been a band for uh, about five and a half years um lance had left on good terms he just you know we we were touring all the time and, and touring really wasn't what he wanted to do uh so carrie had joined the band by now and um you know we had some more experience in the studio and that we had recorded a bunch of different stuff as well as that ep tell me when to woe and um so essentially basically they took they wanted all the songs off Tell Me When to Woe, so that that made up the beginnings of that record. Uh, but really, that, that album's kind of all based around the bitch song um, being on the radio in Dallas and, um, you know, Jive picking it up and, uh, and, you know, believing in something. And then that would be the record that would start our journey in the United Kingdom. Favorite song there? Favorite song on the, Dance With You. Awesome. No, no, Pictures He Drew, Pictures He Drew. Next one, Drunk Enough to Dance. Drunk Enough to Dance, a sophomore album on a major label. So for us, five, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's it, the, the thing is, is that you, you just don't want to get stuck in a rut. Um, and uh, we were really lucky because the bitch song had done so well in the UK that we were basically given another shot, though our record hadn't done well in America. And uh, Drunk Enough to Dance, you know, we were pretty lethal by then. We were really, really good live. We were good songwriters. And, um, you know, we, we had a show that was, you know, the, basically we had pretty much become who we are now. Whereas, you know, we're, we're a fairly lethal band um, live. It's I, I, I wouldn't want to play after us, um, <laughs> you know, but um, and so that's that's what we had become by then and um yeah we um you know had a had a couple of hits off that one and things blew up for us in the uk as far as live and then we started to do a lot better here in the united states as well and um favorite song surf colorado hangover you don't deserve hangover you don't deserve um you know you were coming off of an album where we got nominated for a grammy for girl of the bad guys want and you know seemingly there was pressure um we just went and recorded a great record. And as we were finishing that, uh, the 1985 saga happens where Mitch Allen, um, you know, calls me with this song that he had been recommended to present to me. And at first I really wasn't into it. And just with some discussions with the band and, and our A&R guy, and it was like, you know, why not, why not at least give it, if these people think it's a hit, you know, and obviously it was, it was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, almost also did really, really well off that record in Ohio. And, um, you know, our most successful album uh, easily across the board. And, uh, you know, the one of that, 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 that really, when you come see us play, we play more songs off that than we do anything. So what would your favorite one off that one be? Favorite songs almost, um, almost is probably my favorite single ever. Nice. I just absolutely love that song. So I am going to do, uh, after this one here, it's Bowling for Soup Goes to the Movies. That's more of a, it was like a movie cover album, right? Yeah. 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 We, uh, so it's, it's what they call the bridge record. We, we finally got a chance to take a little time off 
Um, and so to fill that gap, we had um, we had submitted or done songs for tons of movies and TV shows and things like that. And uh, it was actually a, a guy from the film and TV department. Um, it was his idea. Great dude. And um, he, you know, he was just like, why don't we just take all these and make them into a compilation? It's like, why not? And so we took songs that had had done things, songs that hadn't, and songs that we thought should uh, in the film and television area, and put them on uh, Bowling for Soup Goes to the Movies. And uh, you know, it's fun little little uh, album with, you know, each song has its own little story. We could probably spend an hour just on that yeah. that particular album because each one of those songs was specifically for something. Mm-hmm. What would your uh, favorite one be there? There then. I love. Uh, Ready or not, Omaha, Nebraska, because uh, you know that was the theme song to the um, to the Little League World Series for quite a while, and uh, super fun song. Awesome. Next here, the Great Burrito Extortion Case. Great Burrito Extortion Case. Um, you know, probably in our top two fun records to make. Um, we had a shitload of money to spend on it because we had uh, survived for three and a half albums on Jive. And budgets were getting bigger, and you have to spend it or you don't get it back. And so we decided to just spend it. So we spent two weeks in Atlanta and a week in Tulsa and a week in L.A. making that record and um, just had literally the time of our lives. We had a a lot of fun. And um, musically, again, I think we're still – we were still writing amazing songs and, you know, had – a couple of nice uh, little runs with that. You know, there's uh, <clears throat> um, some talk of, of how uh, High School Never Ends should have been a bigger hit than it was, and there is a story there. The The label really wanted to go with When We Die first anyway, and so they basically bailed and went with When We Die, which did okay, but uh, in hindsight, that album holds a lot of regret for us because, uh, you know, we really felt like we had knocked it out of the park with High School Never Ends, but uh, just didn't get the chance. Would that be your favorite song off the album, High School Never Ends? Um, no, probably um, uh, If You Come Back to Me, I think, is my favorite song on the album. Awesome. Next to your Sorry for Partying. Sorry for Partying. Um, again, you know, we just had a blast with that one. We did that one in Austin for a month. It was the first time ever to work with Linus of Hollywood, who's my best friend, and who we, um, we write a bunch of stuff together for Bowling for Soup and other projects and produce a lot of things together. Um, and that one was just, you know, written to be our masterpiece. We really thought that that record was like, okay, this is it. Like we, every song on here could be a single. And unfortunately, again, we ran into a situation where right before they were going to go to radio with no Oblo Inglés and really give it a shot, um, we got dropped and, uh, the, the label sold and clean house. And, uh, it's the age old story of, now we've got this record and we're on tour, but, you know, what do we do? We can't, I mean, we're, we're you know, we really even selling that album didn't really mean anything to us anymore because we were never going to recoup on it because we, we never got a chance to try to try to um, market it. So, you know, bummer for us. But again, you know, when you look back on that record, it's a, it's a standalone and it uh, just a really, really great album. Favorite from that one? Um, favorite from Sorry for Partying. I will go with, um, oh man, that's hard. Uh, Be With No You. Uh, Fishing for Woos. 
Fishing for woos. So here you come back from being dropped from a label, and you have to decide: All right, am I gonna, am I gonna, you know, retreat and lick my wounds, or am I gonna get out there and fight for it? We decided to fight for it. I took a couple of songs that had already been written. I locked myself in my uh, studio for a month, wrote this record, uh, wrote a couple of songs with Linus, and we went in and recorded it in Dallas and with on our, you know, and this would be where we became again completely self-sufficient so this is when you know we're paying for our own album we're paying for our own uh videos you know just everything is you know on us and so it really had to make it count luckily we have you know by then we had signed with our manager um who had managed us through the last two records and you know we had so we had great support as far as you know some some other other guidance besides just us flying blind and uh you know we uh we made the most of it and and you know it's that's a fan favorite so you know one of those ones where we um where we're, we're proud of that one awesome what would your favorite song of that one be um probably let's pretend we're not in love two more albums until we get in some questions here but uh next one lunch drunk love lunch drunk love uh is my divorce album that's, uh, you know, you can tell that there's a lot going on in my life. Um, there's a lot going on in all of our lives. And uh, the best story behind this one is, you know, my manager, you know, he's just like, I don't get it. You know, where's the my Wiener? You know, your fans are going to feel alienated. And I said, you know, I don't believe that. I, I, uh, I don't feel like writing my Wiener right now. I, I feel like writing what is happening in my life. And I think people will feel that and will understand it because i think everybody has these times in their lives and i was 100 percent accurate um even the critics couldn't hate on that on that album because it's all real and all from the heart and uh you know they, they don't feel like they're being sold a bag of shit just because all of a sudden the funny guy's angry you know and uh, you know there's still fun stuff on there it's not like such a diversion that it doesn't sound like bowling for soup but there's just some some areas where I get into as far as just, you know, revealing songwriting wise, um, you know, that, that I really hadn't ventured out into before. So um, but yeah, that one that one's a, that one's a good one. Favorite song there? Uh, Kevin Weaver is my favorite song. On that one. Awesome. Last uh, the last one here, the most recent Drunk Dynasty. Drunk Dynasty uh, started out as an EP. We wouldn't even be talking about it on your podcast. Right. If it- <laughs> yeah, see? And uh, started out as an EP, and we got in the studio, and we were just feeling it, man. It was just – it was making sense. And so I was really writing as we were recording that one and, um, you know, super happy. I mean, you know, that that one's, you know, going to be the last one that we all do together uh, with Eric, Eric leaving the band a few years ago. And, uh, so, you know, that one, I guess is sort of like the end of that chapter, so to speak. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, makes it to where it's like, uh, there's, it's a really good launching pad for where we're going next. Awesome. That, and that's the next, next uh, question. Your plans for a new record here. I know you guys just put out a few weeks ago, about a, maybe a month ago, but, uh, erase me the, uh, yeah. kid Cuddy cover. Yeah. So we've been doing covers for about a year, uh, trying to release one every couple of months or so. Uh, just released Erase Me by Kid Cudi featured 10K Cash, who my kids now think I'm cool. And, uh, you know, they, they know who he is more than their friends know who I am, actually. <laughs> um, but and uh, but yeah, we're uh, and we're working on a second greatest hits. We released uh, songs people actually liked 
um, several years ago, which was volume. Um, and uh, so those are basically re-records where you keep the uh, keep the song in you know in its original form, but you just sonically and and just performance wise try to top it. Um, and then uh, yeah, September we're doing a new album. You know the idea was for us to fly up to the Poconos and do this, but uh, looks like with everything going on, we may end up having to drive. Who knows? But uh, regardless, we're doing it, and um, couldn't be more excited about it. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, getting into some stuff here, I see Alexa Bliss mm-hmm. is apparently a huge like diehard Bowling for Soup fan. Um, do you know her personally, or like, what? When would you like? When did you find that out? Did you know she was a huge uh, WWE superstar at the time when you would have found that out? Or so I got somebody just passed it on to me and just said, "There's this, uh, there's this WWE superstar that's a big fan." And my son just happened to be into wrestling at the time, and so we went to um, a match, and she was there. And I said, oh, "I think that girl likes my band," and uh, and he was like, "No way!" And I showed him a picture and i had actually stalked her on twitter and found this tweet from back when she was like in high school going like i'm in math class listen to bowling for soup and blah, blah, blah. so i uh yeah i reached out and then she reached out back and you know long story short we developed a really nice friendship and and we stay you know we continue to talk all the time but uh, we actually have a single uh called alexa, called alexa i know yep that's <laughs> out and she's in the video and she's you know here in my house and uh, you know we had a great time she's um Sincerely, one of the coolest people I've ever met. and Just uh, really lucked out with that relationship, just uh, taking a chance and seeing what she was up to. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, are you a WWE fan by chance, or, or were you? Or um, I was a uh, world-class championship wrestling fan. So I grew up you know, with Texas wrestling. Um, and then I used to watch the WWF back when Hulk Hogan and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really into the WWE. I enjoy it. So like if my kids are wanting to watch it or whatever, I'm, it's easy for me to just watch it. And, you know, I don't like frown upon it or roll my eyes or anything. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, uh, I'm lucky that that I'm friends with Alexa bliss. I've got to meet tons and tons of those wrestlers and they're all really good people. And so, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have a little insight into it for when people who are into it can, uh, you know, want to talk about it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so the show is called, uh, for the Berg based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania here. Um, do you have any favorite venues or cool show memories or anything like that? Places to go while in Pittsburgh while you'd be on tour? Well, here's the thing. So what a lot of people don't know about me, uh, unless you really keep up with me, is I am a diehard Steelers fan. I, I knew that. I mean, that that was definitely coming. <laughs> <laughs> I actually grew up a, a Steelers fan because my dad is from Pittsburgh. So nice. I spent some time in Pittsburgh when I was a kid, but I don't really remember it. We have some awesome times going through there and playing, but I just really never got to spend a lot of time there. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're friends with the band Punchline and mm-hmm. – um, and anti-flag and bands that are from there. Um, but when I started to get to spend time in Pittsburgh was when I started going to games. I started going to a game once a year. Nice. Um, about eight years ago. And since then, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've really become a fan of the city. I love the, um, the downtown area and the big square with the Penny brothers thing. And, uh, just that whole area. I went to the strip for the first time a couple of years ago, which was nice. is overwhelming if you're not into it uh, yep. the day before a game. It's a little bit nutty. I used to sell t- like Pittsburgh-themed sports shirts down on the strip in front of the uh, Pennsylvania Macaroni Company. So, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, man, honestly, uh, my wife and I 
uh, went there for a couple of days before the last game. Uh, or I guess we've done this twice. And we stumbled into Hell at the Moon there at downtown, the piano bar. Nice. And when we did, the guy, one of the guys didn't even know I was there and started playing like deep, deep bowling for soup cuts, like my hometown and stuff. And it like was, I was like, what is going on? And basically he was just messing around because there weren't a lot of people in there. Well, they figured it out eventually and we got to be friendly with them and stuff. And, uh, but man, we just, we, we love to go down there to that place, uh, how at the moon, there's a really good pizza place that's right next to that. Uh, it's like a brick oven place, really nice. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but yeah, man, we've, we've really just grown fond of the city and, uh, and, and just, you know, what's, what's there and the people and all that. And, and, uh, you know, have had a, had a great time over the years. Are you, are you just a Sealer fan or are you all Pittsburgh sports? I am just a Sealers fan. Uh, I went to a Pirates game. Uh, I used to like the Pirates as a kid. But as an adult, um, you know, the Rangers, the Stars, and the Mavericks have, have all taken my heart. But uh, there, will not, there will never be another Jack Lambert. No. So <laughs> I will uh, be a Steelers fan until, the, till I'm, till I'm in the grave, man. Awesome. Uh, do you know what the term Jagoff means? Uh, Jagoff. I, I don't know if I do know what that. I mean, is it not just like a jack off? It's it's pretty much like it's it's a Pittsburgh term for like dickhead asshole whatever. Uh, so I, I've been asking every guy this question, and I get kind of mixed mixed response. I'm batting 500 here, totally up to you, whatever you want to do. But being in, I mean, a huge band and meeting a lot of famous people, was there anybody that you uh, that you were excited to meet that turned out to be a jack off? <laughs> <laughs> I see. That's the, that's the response I get, normally. <laughs> you, you volley it up there, and they either watch it drop or they just spike <laughs> it down. Um, man, you know what? I the answer is yes. Uh, I am not going to specify just simply because uh, that person is still actually. There's two. They're <laughs> both still active uh, and both doing very well in uh, in my genre of music, and there's no real reason to have that in the world. But uh, someday when I see you in Pittsburgh, I'll tell you. Got uh, it. Tell you in person. We'll go to a game and you could tell me all about it then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just a couple fan questions and we can uh, we can be on our way, man. Cool. All right. So the first one here: Do you or anybody in the band have any weird, superstitious pre-show rituals before taking the stage? No pre-show rituals. Uh, that became a, a a rule very early. We uh, we had an early show. We tried to do one of those powwow things where we all put our hands in the circle, whatever. Worst show we ever played and uh, walked off the stage and I was like, we are never doing that again. So, no, we do not. <laughs> nobody warms up. Uh, we don't, you know, we, we crack a beer. We all do. We pass a bottle of Jack or Jim Beam around right before the show goes on. And uh, that's it. Cool. Um, what band have you seen most live as a fan, not on tour with, but paid tickets as a fan? Uh, okay, do I have to buy tickets or can I get no, in? You can just get in. Just, just okay. Because I'm famous. I get in everywhere right, else. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding about me. Okay, I am. Yeah. Um, the band that I've seen the most that I, uh, okay, probably, uh, probably Bad Religion. If it's not Bad Religion, it's The Descendants. So it's either Bad Religion or The Descendants for sure. Nice. Audible uh, and Frank Turner, uh, who I see every time he's in town. But, um, you know, that's as a fan and a friend. Awesome. Uh, if your band could tour with just one other band for the rest of your career, who would that band be and why? Uh, it'd be the Dolly Rots. 
just because we're already family. Um, they're easy to have around. We're easy for them to be around. You know, we're uh, we're just already pretty much related. So they're um, that. I think that would definitely be the the best answer. Nice. Last one here. Um, kind of kind of a weird one, but it's a good one. Um, playing so many shows over over all this time, it's just bound to happen. But um, someone asked, when's the last time you would have bombed on stage, and how bad was it, and what went wrong? <laughs> Well, the only times we ever bomb on stage is when we're bombed on stage, and that has only happened, I mean, less than a handful of times. The whole band has really only fallen apart maybe once, and that was, I believe, 2004 Download Festival. might have been 2005, Uh, but basically they just kept pushing our set, kept pushing our set, and we were so drunk when we walked on the stage that it was literally like... I was just playing the same song over and over and the guys didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, luckily it was, it was the end of a third three day festival. And I think everybody else was in the same shape. So we, uh, we came out of it pretty unscathed, but that's definitely the worst show that we've ever played. And I'll, I'll take, I'll take at least half the responsibility for that one. Um, so that's, that's all I have buddy, but is there anything you want to say or plug or anything like that before we get off? No, man, everybody just uh, go find Bowling for Soup on all the socials. We're super easy to find, and you can find me anywhere, J-A-R-E-T-2113. And, um, man, hopefully life gets back to normal at some point, and I'll either be up there for a game or a show. Sounds good, man. I'll, I'll be in touch. Thank you. Sounds good, man. Take care. Nope. <laughs> Mr. Pop.